What would you give to shortcut your path from an idea to having a successful business? Go from an idea to a business almost overnight by following steps that only a very few people would follow. Well, today's guest is here to talk about how she created her extraordinary brand in a market that no one has ever looked at before. Hi, my name is Vindya V. This is Art of the Extraordinary the podcast for those of you who's ready to play a much bigger game and leave an extraordinary legacy behind. I'm glad you're here and it's time to make your quantum leap. Today, my guest is Tammy Sorrento, the founder of Fireball Approves, a private investigation agency. She has 20 years of investigative experience in the insurance field, and she ended up creating a service that no one has ever tapped into before, which comes with its own challenges. And here she is today on Art of the Extraordinary, sharing her story about her extraordinary journey on how she went from an idea to having a business in such a short time. I started my company about two years ago, and this was after I had a personal interaction with a scammer when I was looking for a vacation rental. Now, mind you, I have been in insurance, I adjust, I investigate claims. So I knew going in that there was a potential that, you know, I would be in contact with the scammer. However, it just opened my eyes to how prevalent it is. And instead of just being thankful, which I was, I was thankful that I didn't fall prey to this. However, I decided that I had to do something about it so that others won't have to go through the same thing. It's so interesting that when I saw your brand and what you do, I'm just quite amazed by the services that you provide. And I'm just curious to know, how did you come up with the name Fireball Approves? That's funny because that is actually the most common question I get. And I know that it does not tell what I do, but it is personal. I am the fireball. (laughs) And I did that on purpose because right now I'm working on rental scam prevention. However, that is not where I'm going to land. As a matter of fact, I'm in talk right now of providing my services, my investigative and services for a dating app where in order to belong to this dating app, you have to have a background check as far as any violent crime, stalking, anything of that nature. So I'm pretty excited. I hope that that happens for me. But like I said, I did Fireball Approves as my business name because I am going to fight scammers of all areas. The job postings that aren't real and they actually steal your identity, vehicle purchases, you name it, I'm attacking all of it. When you look at the numbers for, let's just say, rental properties, what's like the likelihood of somebody getting scammed or scammers being online when you're looking for a property? You would be so surprised. Now, here in the States, I know that you all have um, Gumtree. We have Craigslist. And it is amazing that there are good rentals. In fact, I had one today from Craigslist. 
and it was a legit rental. I ended up speaking to the owner. I spoke to the rental agent and it was good. So I always feel better when it's actually a good rental ad. However, it is so easy to create a false ad just by using pictures that you see on the internet. For instance, what's happening here is oftentimes the rental ad actually is a home that is for sale or it is a foreclosed home and someone took those pictures off of the internet and created a rental ad. Then what happens is you end up wiring your money to them and you're doing a deposit, you're doing first month rent. I also do vacation rentals. So you're paying for a whole week of a rental upfront and I keep people from sending money to people that don't own that property and has no business listing it. But when somebody is looking for a rental property, isn't it the like best practice to go and see it first and meet who is actually advertising it? Okay, well that's how the scammers have evolved. Now, and I get alert on any type of news story regarding scams, I have seen so many pieces of where someone actually meets the scammer at the home. And here's what happens. The scammer sees a foreclosed home, a vacant home. They get into the home and let's just say they break in. They change the locks. Oh, wow. They show the property. I mean, it's unreal the length that they will go to. They'll show the property. You'll sign the lease. And a month later, you know, after you've turned on your utilities and you've moved in, then you get a knock on the door from the bank saying, hey, what are you doing here? And the sad thing is you have no recourse. That is, it just stopped me on my tracks when you said that because (laughs) um, I didn't think that people could actually do that. I know. And that's why I said, you know what, something has to change. And when I decided to do this two years ago, this has been such an amazing journey because this situation happened. My eyes were opened as to how easy it is for them to do that. As a matter of fact, in my situation, the scammer was so persistent. And I have to tell you, being the fireball that I naturally am anyways, I kept on telling the scammer, you know what? I checked the property records. I know who the owner is. And the scammer must have done the same thing because he had created, and I say he, I don't really know who was on the other side, had actually created a Gmail address in the name of the owner. (laughs) Right. Yeah, pretty sneaky, huh? Yeah. So so I kept on telling him, you know what, I'm going to bring my four grandchildren my family's coming from out of the states and I cannot be without a place to stay. That would be horrific. And I kept on asking him for some type of proof that he was truly the owner of the property so that he got frustrated with me, which I'm not surprised. (laughs) And he says, you know what? I've been renting this property before you and I'll be renting this property after you. Well, I said, you know what? Thank you for your time, but I just can't take the risk. So he calls me two days later and he says, hey, 
I have someone else interested in the same dates, but I was working with you longer. Are you sure you don't want to reserve this? And I said, you know what? Nothing has changed. Well, this is where the scammer goofed. He says, I'll send you some references. So he sent me some invoices and they just had the name and the address, did not have the phone number. So like anyone else, I Googled the phone number and ended up speaking to a victim from Chicago. And you know what? She was so embarrassed about what had happened. And she said, I can't believe he gave you my information because her and her husband had flown down New Year's Eve weekend to Key West where we were hoping to go. And she said that was a total scam. The person that I was dealing with couldn't be contacted. And so then I asked her, well, you used your credit card, you used PayPal, were you protected? And here's where the light really went off for me. She said to me, you know, it took six months to get the money back from her credit card company because they considered the transaction person to person and not person to business. I see. And knowing how many people send money to people that they don't know, that was what I said, okay, you know what? I have to do something about this. And so all approved was born. That's very impressive. Not only what you do, but the fact that you had that experience and you decided to do something about it. Because I'm sure a lot of us go through challenges and inconveniences, but we usually brush it off and say, oh yeah, it's a one-off thing. You know, like I'm just right. going to just going to bear it up, just not going to do anything about it. But you have gone that extra mile in saying, no, you know what, I'm just going to actually be responsible and do something about it. I don't want anyone else putting through that, right? Yes, exactly. It does come from a very pure place. As a matter of fact, when I decided to go ahead and start the business, the very first thing I did is I went to the Small Business Administration. And once again, it's funny how things just work out. I went there on a Monday. I mean, literally thought about the business during the weekend. And then that Monday, I was in the Small Business Administration. And the receptionist, as I'm grabbing, you know, pamphlets and whatnot, says, oh, do you have a appointment with a mentor? And I said, no, I didn't expect to see anyone. It's Monday morning. And she said, well, let me see if someone's available. And it was amazing my mentor from SCORE, and they work closely with the Small Business Administration, all I had at this point was an idea and really was not clear on how to go about in creating this business. And when I pitched my very rough around the edges idea, this complete stranger did not know me from Adam. And he looked at me and he says, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that that was a problem. And I think your solution to this problem is amazing. So that was just the validation piece that I needed because this is someone that didn't know me. Of course, my family, my loved ones, my friends, they all rally around me. But when you get to talk to a business professional that is volunteering their time and when you tell them what you want to do and their eyes light up, you know you're on the right track. Well, that was actually one of the questions that I was going to ask you because 
having an idea is one thing, but creating yes. a business out of an idea is a completely different ball game. So how did you go about one proving that there is a market, not just one of experience that happens very randomly, but how did you go about proving that there is a problem here? And there are people who's going to be willing to pay for a service like this. Well, that does take some time. So what I did was under the guidance of my mentor, he helped me with my business plan when I needed to speak to an accountant. I mean, everything that I needed, I had people willing, even an attorney, had people willing to hold my hand throughout the entire process. And do you know that those services are free? No. A lot of people would go, oh, no, I don't have money, so I can't hire the right professionals. And you know what? You need to lean into the uncomfortable because you will learn so much about yourself. I have to say that there were times at the beginning that I thought to myself, and we just do this as human nature. I would think to myself, well, you know, can I really pull this off? And then I thought to myself, well, you know what? If not me, then who? So I kind of adopted that mindset of, yes, I can do this. And yes, I can make a difference in people's lives. We just had a inquiry two weeks ago where the gentleman was looking for a long-term rental in Washington, D.C. And he was convinced that he was actually speaking to the real estate agent. Well, when I did my research. And I also became, after I started the company, I became a private investigator. So I could do this for the entire United States. So the first thing I did was I checked the property and I found that this 900 square foot property in Washington, D.C. is worth over 750000 Now the rental ad showed $1,500 a month. And I knew that that did not line up. So then I used my investigative tools, the reporting that only investigators have access to. So I was able to locate the actual owner of that property. And that property goes for 5000 a month. But the scammer was willing to take the 3000 and run. But you know what? I kept that from happening. That's really impressive. I'm just curious to know, so you're saying that you became a private investigator after you realized, okay, this is the path that I want to go down. Did yes. you ever want to become one or did you know that this is probably what I will be really good at? You know what? I always had an interest in that, but the business really forced me to do it. Now, I had the same skill sets that I had before, but I just felt like going that extra step and becoming a licensed private investigator that would help describe exactly what I do. So it just made sense to me to go ahead and do that. And I'm glad I did. It's been absolutely amazing. And something that I noticed in what you do is that you have not just Craigslist, but you had also mentioned Airbnb. And yes. when I heard that, I was like, well, surely Airbnb, that's all verified and everything. Sure. Like that was my thing. And I'm sure a lot of people think this way as well. Yes. Yes. With VRBO and Airbnb. And when I figured out that the listing that I was interested in was a scammer last second, we changed our location and I ended up with an Airbnb. 
and I've had excellent experience with Airbnb and VRBO. However, I have to tell you, and this could be just me because, <laughs> because of the nature of what I do, even when I make the reservation, I would not totally relax until I actually walked through the property. You know, once I knew that it was legit, then I could really relax. So with Airbnb and VRBO, what I tell my customers, you don't know the address or who the host is until after you pay your money for the entire rental. So I tell my customers, make sure that when you choose one, that it's one that has a good cancellation policy. Then what they do is they send me the acknowledgement and the confirmation that says, you know, here's the address and here's your host information. Here's how you reach them. Then I can use that and I can confirm that they are in fact dealing with the proper agent of that property. There have been scams on all platforms. So we do have a trust in the bigger companies. However, if you don't want to get stuck when you're out of town, I would caution to definitely go the extra mile because it's worth it for the peace of mind. Well, can you give us like an example of say Airbnb because people perceive that when it's Airbnb, there is a level of trust and level of yes. integrity. Can you give us an example of something you know that has happened that actually was not congruent with what we're thinking? Right. There have been instances because the false sense of security is you think if someone's going to pay to list a property, surely they're the owner. Not always the case because I want to demystify that as far as why would a scammer not pay money if they're going to be able to reap a lot more money? I mean, it just kind of makes economical sense. Yeah. With the Airbnbs, like I said, nine times out of 10, it's an excellent platform. But here's what I've been reading about. It is a shady deal. Is someone listing their property will list a property multiple times. Now, once again, you don't know the exact address. So they have it kind of, you know, throughout the area and there's several different listings. So here's the biggest complaint that I've heard from people is you make your reservation and of course you're going to choose the most economical, right? Yeah. So you make your reservation because they have multiple listings they will also list it for a higher amount. So if someone pays the lesser amount, and of course they've done their homework, because one of the red flags is please don't, you know, make your reservations last minute, because that, that's how I got in contact with the scammer. Everything was booked, and it was a small area. You know, Key West is a very small area. So then if someone reserves that property for the higher amount, then that owner will go and cancel the one that was a cheaper rate. Oh, okay. I see what they're doing, but that is complete hassle. And it's so interesting, the lengths that people go to, to add an extra buck, I guess. Right, right. We had a situation, this isn't even about Airbnb, and this had to be an inside job. I 
read this article where a family looked online, they saw the listing, they went to the town because they were a couple hours away. So they went and looked at the property. They were able to get into the property because the scammer gave them the code to the lockbox. They let themselves in. They decided they want it. They paid the scammer. And as they were literally moving their belongings into the home, the real estate company went by and said, what are you doing? We're selling this house. (laughs) Can you believe that? That's some impressive stuff. Yes. I wish we had that much brains to use in our businesses. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you're not kidding. It is just absolutely, the more and more that I research, the more and more it does. It just really floors me. And I am battling this growing problem. And when I determined that there is a scam, we get that listing taken off the site if it's Craigslist, we shut that listing down and I report that to the FBI. Tammy, I just want to switch gears to a little bit talking about business and the brand. Yes. Because I think uh, it sounds like you have been put on the right path from the get-go because you came across your mentor. And that's a really big deal because a lot of people don't even find a mentor for a couple of years. And then they're like, okay, Mm. I'm stuck. I need help, right? Exactly. When you found the mentor, what was like some of the biggest insights or biggest things that were like takeaways for you that you would not have thought of? if not, you didn't meet that mentor and followed his or her guidance? Well, you know, I often get asked, what's your biggest regret? Or, you know, was there a big lesson that you learned? And I have to say that because of my mentor, I have not, I mean, sure, I've made mistakes, but they've been little things that you learn and you move on. But I feel like I was given the arsenal of information and wealth of knowledge. And I don't know how it's set up there, but where we are, the Small Business Administration and SCORE, these are retired executives that they just have a passion for business. So I have been trained, molded, but I do truly believe that I would not be where I am speaking to you right now if it weren't for the fact that I took advantage of these services. Well, what would you say are like some of the hurdles you personally faced earlier on in the business in growing the business or spreading the word about the brand? Well, that has to be probably the biggest hurdle is because I am a self-funded business I have used my own money. I don't have any investors. And I like it that way, to tell you the truth. (laughs) I want to grow organically. But I created a whole new market. And I know that because when I was looking at this rental, I was searching for me. In fact, I had even contacted before the scammer gave me the references I had already contacted. I found a retired police officer that I was about to dispatch to go look at this and see if this was a legitimate ad or not. So 
with that being said, the biggest hurdle is explaining what I do and getting in front of the people that need me. The worst thing, if I even hear about someone getting scammed, it just really infuriates me. And I feel like maybe I haven't gotten my information out there well enough because if it's still happening, then it's happening too much. What are some of the ways that you're either planning or you're yet to do to spread the word about your brand? Because as you say, you have created a brand new market and a lot of people don't probably even know that such a service exists and they live with the pain of it. Right. So that is probably 90% of my energy is getting the information out there. Social media, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. As a matter of fact, if anyone joins my Facebook page, it's Fireball Approves with no space. I am really proud of my business page because I don't only post about my service. I want to protect people from scams, period. So if I hear about or I read about any type of scam, I post it because I am hoping that it will help someone else. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say are like some of the strengths that you brought to building this business that probably was a strength before, but you had to do things slightly differently to take the business to like the next level? Well, I've learned a lot. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, I think the largest, the most influential phase that I went through was trusting my gut. It's the fact that this is needed. I figured out a solution. I have the tools that's needed to be able to verify these listings. But at some point, you know, I would kind of just, like I said, human nature think, well, why should it be me? But then I felt the need that if it's not me, well, no one else has done this. So it was really just learning to take the risk. It's funny because I was a single mother when I was bringing up my children and I always had to have the job, the stable job with the benefits. Well, I'm not in that situation anymore. I'm a grandmother now, so I have more flexibility. And being in this business and creating this from scratch has truly taught me that in fact, I heard someone talking about my business and they said that I flipped the switch on my inner warrior. <laughs> and that's a good way to explain it because it is. It's deciding that you're going to do something and you just test the market and you see, you know, what makes sense. I know that when I first started, would even have family members that would say, oh, Tammy, I think that's great. But you know what? I'm not really sure what you do. And I find that unless people have actually gone through the maddening procedure of trying to find a rental, whether it is long term or whether it's a vacation rental or anything in the middle, if you haven't done that for a while, you really 
aren't aware of what the risks are. What would you say is like a superpower or a unique skill that you have that has helped you become the success you are today? I have to say that that would have to be my employment history. When you think about where I came from, insurance. I was in charge, I was the president of the Jacks Claims Association, the Jacksonville Claims Association as treasurer and president. My employment before I was in charge of the procedures of the office, the compliance. So all of those skills have transferred. I've been able to tap into those skills, even my Lean Six Sigma training. I've been able to use that in my business. And that experience is so necessary because you need to know when you need an attorney, when you need an accountant, you need a dream team. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to hire that person, you know, full time. You may just need to network and have someone that you can call. I will pick up the phone and call my attorney in a heartbeat, especially I am in talks right now with a dating app. There's a team that has developed a dating app, which is going live um, Memorial Day weekend. And in order to be on this dating app, you have to agree to a background screening. And what they do is they're looking for any type of violent crimes, like assault, stalking, anything of that caliber, so that, again, it's an element of trust that I think is needed these days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can imagine like that would make a lot of hassle-free for people who is on uh, dating sites and online dating because that's an assumption you're making that the person that you're meeting is not a serial killer or right. somebody <laughs> who's done yeah. something really, really shady stuff. And that's an assumption right. and keeping fingers crossed. But right. if you had something like this, then I guess you can put your mind to a little bit of a rest. Oh, absolutely. And I tell you that... This entire process, if I were to give the listeners any type of encouragement, is if it's scary, go with it. Always put yourself out there. For instance, the dating app that we're working on, a partnership. I just happened to see a post where the creator was asking a question and I said, huh, you know, cause that was an area that I actually wanted to go into. So I am a big fan of partnerships. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, all of my single friends said, you need to do this for dating. And so I started with the property rentals first, but I wanted that under my umbrella. That's something else I read all the time about people getting scammed on, you know, sites. And if I can stop it, I will. But it's putting yourself out there. And what's funny is, even though I made an introduction to the developer, I didn't hear from him for about three weeks. So I had, you know, literally thought, well, maybe they already have their vendor in place, what have you. However, I was contacted 
a week and a half ago saying, hey, you know, we're getting close to building that element into this and we're definitely interested in you being our vendor. So you just have to trust that if you're doing the right thing and you are screaming from the mountaintop, <laughs> this is who I am and this is what I do, you will be successful. Well, tell me, what would you say is like the best advice you have been given? The best advice that I have been given would be the encouragement that I received that this is something that people need and we need to educate the masses because it, it's so prolific, it's, it's unbelievable. But the best advice would be to just go for it. Even when I started, I can't compare what I do to anything else. So I really do need to be able to explain the benefits of using my company and what it's going to save you from. I can hear like, you know, my audience thinking, you know, when you talk about, okay, you had a mentor and then you pretty much refer to the right people at the right time and that helped you one launch and push you forward now i'm pretty sure my audience is wondering oh how can i do that because everyone gets hung up on the fact oh i don't have the money to hire the right people what kind of advice would you have for people like that who is at early stages where you don't have a lot of capital to go off how would you go about finding a mentor and having those right kind of people when you don't have a lot of resources well i can definitely tell you that in the united states look up the Small Business Administration, check out the Chamber of Commerce, check out SCORE. These are all companies that they succeed when you succeed. And their services are either very economical or they're free. Like I said, there's just no way that I would be here speaking to you right now if I did not have people that I could call up. And there's been many a times that I've called you have an idea and I'll pitch it to my husband or pitch it to, you know, someone else. And they'll be like, hmm, I'm not so sure. Maybe you ought to call your mentor on that. So it's just having someone that you can pick up the phone and say, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think about that? You know, you take the advice that you can run with. You know, you have to determine what is good for you and what is good for your business and what is good for your customer. That is such key advice because I'm pretty sure even here in Australia, we do have the Chamber of Commerce. So I'm sure there are programs that is set up to help businesses. As you say, they succeed when the businesses succeed. Well, what would you say is the worst advice you've been given? I would say that the worst advice I have to say that not being a professional in marketing and, you know, trying to create the ads and such that I learn from like any other business owner. I'm watching tutorials. I'm, <laughs> I'm on YouTube. I'm listening to people. However, what I have found, and if anyone's doing a e-commerce type of business like I am, instead of spending money on ads, 
What you really need to do is to find out what people are searching for, and then you create content around that. Like in my case, it's how to avoid rental scams or is Craigslist uh, safe for rentals? You know, anything like that. So now that's the key Mm. because if you know what people are searching for, you really don't have to pay so much for the ads. What the name of the game is, is when people are searching for what you offer is to make sure that you have content that will show up. And I've just hired someone that's my content creator because you know what? As a business owner, you have to be very honest with yourself. Now, investigation is my thing. (laughs) I'm great at that. There's some aspects of business that I'm not so good. But you know what? I have to be very honest with myself and say, okay, this I'm not hitting the mark. I'm going to find a professional that I can work with to provide these results. There's a time, like when you first start, I did everything from soup to nuts. Now I'm finding, okay, I'm not really good at that. So I'm going to get someone that is good. To me, that sounds like really great advice. (laughs) Well, that was advice. That is such key because usually, especially at the beginning stage of a business, it's quite normal for business owners to go, okay, I got to go figure it out all by myself. I got to learn everything. And that's just really impossible. You can't be good at everything 100% of the time. No. And you know what? That's very hard to actually even let go of is you really think, okay, you know, I have to do this myself. But once you realize where your strengths are and your weaknesses, then you need to tap into people that have those strengths that you don't. And like I said, you don't have to hire people full time. Freelance has just exploded. So if you're able to find someone that maybe you just use them for a couple hours a week, that definitely takes something off your plate so that you can concentrate on actually building the business. Okay. I'm just trying to find the, again, going back to my question, what is the worst advice you've been given? You know, it's funny because I really haven't been given any bad advice. You know, and that's because I set myself up for success. You know, I'm trying to think. There was, sure, I've made a mistake here and there, but it's never been an astronomical. Mm. It's been something like, ooh, that didn't turn out the way I wanted. So, you know, I tend to fail fast, (laughs) (laughs) which is the best thing you can do. Don't do something that's not working and keep on doing it. Yeah, and expecting a different result. Exactly. (laughs) Cool. I'm not sure whether you answered this question already or not, but if you could go back to the beginning of your journey, what would you change about how you did things? How I did things. I wouldn't change a thing because (laughs) all of it has led me to where I am right now. I am much better at my business than when I first started. It was so scary because when I first started, what you think your business is going to be generally doesn't happen that way. And I thought to myself, okay, you know, I want the business to stand on its own. So people know the brand sort of thing. Well, then my mentor 
said, you know what, Tammy, you really need to put yourself out there. And I thought, what? (laughs) Well, and that was uncomfortable. But you know what? That was the best advice. And as a matter of fact, my customers started calling me the anti-scam lady. So even though that was not in my projection, I was flexible. I said, okay, you know, this is uncomfortable for me, but here goes. And the more you do it, the better you get. And that was one of the best advice that I could get because had it just been me, and I keep on going back to that, that I just would not be where I am now. That is such a great point because I think it's so easy to hide behind a computer and not really put yourself out there because that's what's comfortable. That's what keeps you safe because you're just scared how you're going to be received. But when you actually do, some people are going to love you and that's awesome. Some people are not going to love you, but that's always going to happen. That goes with the territory. And that's where you just have to have a thick skin. One of the comments on Facebook when I first started, he said, well, you know what? I can see you're going to be successful, but for me, if it's a scam, I just take it and, you know, I'm not worried about it. The old me would have thought, you know what? That was a negative thing about what I'm doing. But actually... If you take all that information in, then once again, you can learn and you can grow. So, you know, my whole thought process is why would you want to be scammed? I mean, why would you put yourself in that situation if you don't have to? Once again, every interaction you have, yes, you're not going to please everyone. If it's something that needs to be corrected, maybe someone's telling you something that you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. So it's all about, because I can tell you right now, my business right now is not what I started off as. And that's because as you learn and you get feedback and feedback, then you can be flexible and you can make the necessary adjustments. Well, having been through... This journey, I know you said you started two years ago, but I have a feeling that you feel like a lot more given what's happened. What would you say is the number one thing you've learned about yourself? That I have a strength that I always knew I had. But like I said, the, you know, boy, should I do this? Is this smart? Will this be successful? Those are all thoughts that can stifle someone from living their passion. So for me, I just decided, you know what? I have this burning need to protect others. And I found a niche. I found a problem that needed a solution. And I came up with that solution. So my esteem is much better It's just been so empowering for me as a female, as a grandmother. And that's something I want my grandchildren to see, that they can be anything that they want to be. So I feel like I'm living my passion. I am a good example to them. And the self-doubt, you just learn to shut that off because we are our worst critics. that's right right (laughs) oh yeah absolutely it's usually we who stand in our own way and we 
we assume that it's the entire world, but actually, no, the biggest person is yourself. It is, absolutely. Well, Tammy, it has been lovely having you on the show. I really appreciate what you do with your brand and the service that you provide. And I think there's a bigger part of the world that's yet to know about your brand and know about what you do and keep up the great work. Really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Well, I appreciate you letting me be on your show. (laughs) And as I build more services, I would love to come back and tell you about my newest adventures and journeys. (laughs) Please do. Now, for the folks in our audience who would like to get in touch with you and know more about you or your work, how can they do that? Well, they can go to my website at Fireball Approves, and that's plural. So it's fireballapproves.com. And I mentioned that you can search me on LinkedIn, Tammy Sorrento. It's S-O-R-R-E-N-T-O. I am on Pinterest. You can search for Fireball Approves. I'm on Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Please search for me. And once again, my passion is to keep you safe. So let me do that for you. Excellent. Thank you so much, Tammy. Well, I appreciate this. This has definitely been enjoyable. (laughs) Likewise. Well, that is our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed that. As always, go have a look at the show notes at vindiav.com. You'll be able to see all the key points that Tammy shared and all her contact information. Please go check it out. And if you haven't grabbed a copy yet, go and download Five Secrets, the super successful use to smash through the glass ceiling and catapult their career to the top from vindiav.com. And until I meet you next time, keep at it in your extraordinary journey.